Lynn Hiles Ministries presents Dr. Lynn Hiles That You Might Have Life. And here's your host, Dr. Lynn Hiles. Once again, thank you for your uh, joining us every week at the same time. We are deeply grateful for uh, your encouraging words and uh, cards, letters, your comments on Facebook. Uh, you can go uh, like us on Facebook at uh, Lynn Hiles Ministries and follow where we're going to be. Also, our website will be on the screen all throughout the program. Uh, we travel constantly in different places around the world, and uh, we're coming to a city near you, and if you'd like to be in one of our meetings and meet us, we'd love to meet you. Uh, so you can follow us there. Also, you can go to our uh, iTunes and download our podcast, subscribe to our podcast. There's also a feed, I don't know exactly how it works, but for your Android device where you can also uh, follow us that way. Uh, you can go to YouTube and you can watch anything we have aired to date. We have it archived there on YouTube for your convenience. And we have a lot of people who have uh, used these in their Wednesday night uh, Bible studies or in their home groups or whatever where they sit around and discuss. And that's really been a good tool to teach with. These materials are, I believe, uh, very, very vital, and there's some things that we're saying that I think are very rare to find. And so uh, you're welcome to use those at your convenience. They are free of charge on that, and uh, you can go in and watch them at your convenience. We've been talking about the seven trumpets. We're going to continue to talk about it. We haven't even got into the first trumpet, and we're in our fourth uh, our first fourth program in introducing this, and I'm going to jump back in again and read the text, and then we will continue to springboard from this. Uh, this is the eighth chapter of Revelation. It says, When he had opened the seventh seal, there was silence in heaven about the space of half an hour. I saw the seven angels which stood before God, and to them were given seven trumpets. And another angel came and stood at the altar, having a golden censer. There was given unto him much incense, that he should offer it with the prayers of the saints upon the golden altar which was before the throne. And the smoke of the incense which came with the prayers of the saints ascended up before God out of the angel's hand. And the angel took the censer and filled it with fire of the altar and cast it into the earth. And there were voices and thunderings, lightnings, and an earthquake. The seven angels which had the seven trumpets prepared themselves to sound. And the first angel sounded and there followed hail, fire, and mingled with blood. Now, I'm not going to get to that trumpet probably today again. Uh, but continue to tune in because we're going to continue to unpack this. But in the weeks prior to this, we've talked about introducing how that uh, throughout the book of Revelation, uh, these are not concepts that are just out of left field somewhere. They are things that uh, would be familiar to the Jewish mind. If this book is written to seven churches that were really in Asia, First of all, whatever else you think about that, it was written to seven churches that were really in Asia. Uh, we believe it was written to the first century church. We've already established why we believe that, because Jesus said these things are about to shortly come to pass in the very beginning of the book of Revelation. We've established that weeks, weeks, and months ago. Uh, but uh, as we begin to understand that as this uh, book of Revelation is written to a group of people uh, that are in the greatest transition of human history. They are moving from an old covenant to a new covenant. Everything they've known is about to fade off the scene. Their temple, their animal sacrifice, their, their whole uh, old covenant is about to pass off of the scene with a great noise. It's about to roll together like a great scroll. God is about to give birth to something brand new, a new covenant, a new Jerusalem, a new heaven, a new earth, a, a new man, a new, uh, new tongues. Everything is about to become brand new. But in the understanding of these 
people that this is written to, if you would say something about trumpets, their mind would immediately go back to an old covenant paradigm where they would think about the Feast of Trumpets. And we've showed you how the book of Revelation completely shows the fulfillment of the Feast of Passover because Jesus is our Lamb of Passover, Christ our Passover sacrifice for us. He was the complete total fulfillment of that Passover. You see in the uh, 6th and 7th chapters, we already showed you in the last couple how that was the fulfillment of the Feast of Pentecost because it's the sealing of the saints. It was the wind of Pentecost blowing. It was the fig tree being shaken by a mighty wind. It was the stars falling from heaven, the moon turning into blood, and the sun becoming dark. Uh, that was all stuff that Peter said when the Holy Ghost was poured out in Acts chapter 2. He said, this is that which was spoken by the prophet Joel, that in the last days I will pour out my spirit on all flesh. Peter called his day the last days. And he was talking about when the Spirit would be poured out. So we see the fulfillment of that in 5, 6, and 7 of the book of Revelation. You get to chapter 8 of the book of Revelation, and there is a coal taken from off the altar that's cast into the earth. We showed you how that, that coal is the prayers of the saints. Those prayers precisely are the prayers that are being offered in chapter 6. They are the prayers of the martyrs of Jesus who are saying, How long till thou dost avenge us? It is a perfect fulfillment of what Jesus said, and Matthew 23 would come upon all the apostate Jews who had killed the prophets and stoned them that were sent to him. That would be upon that generation, all the blood of righteous from the blood of righteous Abel to the blood of Zacharias, and would be upon that generation who said when they were crying out, crucify him, his blood be upon us and our children. That's what was happening here in the sounding of the trumpets. The sounding of the trumpets is the feast of trumpets. What preceded the Feast of Trumpets was a 30-day uh, 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 interval of time of repentance. Uh, from the one, almost a full month ahead, and then on the beginning of the seventh month, 10 more days, so 40 days total of complete time when God gave them space to repent, to prepare for the Day of Atonement. And we showed you how that as you continue to go through the book of Revelation, after trumpet sound, what will follow that will be seven bowls of blood are about to be poured out. In the Jewish economy, after the blowing of trumpets, they would come to the Day of Atonement, uh, which was signified by the pouring out of the bowls of blood in the book of Revelation. What would follow on the heels of that would be the Feast of Tabernacles, or the Feast of Ingathering. And you see in the latter part of the book of Revelation, a great harvest, thrust in your sickle and reap. And then all of a sudden in Revelation 21, behold, the tabernacle of God is with men. The fulfillment perfectly of the Feast of Tabernacles. What we're going to do is we're going to show you, see, even in the sounding of these, uh, you know, um, even in the uh, lightnings and thunders and voices that were, uh, uh, you know, that were signified here. See, God is keeping his end of the covenant bargain to these Jewish people who were coming to the end of their period of time where they said his blood be on us. And they are, uh, they have invoked upon themselves, if you remember what we shared in prior segments, out of the book of Deuteronomy, they have invoked upon themselves all the curses of the book of Deuteronomy. And so we're coming to uh, the, this mountain. Uh, we talked about uh, last week how that uh, on Mount Sinai, there was the blast of a trumpet. There was the sound of lightning, thunders, earthquakes. It was all of those things connect you back to an old covenant paradigm. And in the mind of the Jewish person, you know, again, in Hebrews, he says this, he says, for you did not come to the mount that might be touched. 
You did not come to fear and trembling. You did not come to uh, a voice of words. And, and uh, you know, there was so terrible was the earthquake. The, uh, there was lightnings, thunders, earthquakes. All of that was encircling uh, this old covenant Mount Sinai. And so these judgments that are coming upon these people are people uh, that are coming to the end of that covenant. And we've said this before, but I think it bears repeating. For the believer, the book of Revelation is not what's coming to you. It's what you as a believer have been redeemed from because Jesus became the curse for us. Now, what I want to do in this segment is talk a little bit about uh, the Feast of Trumpets again and some of the idioms and names that were used to describe uh, these words that are idioms or, if you will, synonyms and things that describe these same uh, the same festival. Uh, I'm going to just read from my notes. It said, the average person has until Yom Kippur with the Day of Atonement to repent, to change his, or his fate is sealed. He has, from the time of the sounding of the trumpet until the Day of Atonement, you've got 10 days to repent. That was all a time of afflicting the soul. God has given these people every opportunity to repent, yet they repented not of their ungodly deeds which they had ungodly committed, and now God was bound to keep His end of the covenant bargain. Also note, I put in my notes, that there are 12 months in the year, and there are 12 tribes in Israel. Every month of the Jewish year has its representative tribe. The month of Tishra is the month of the tribe of Dan. His name means God has judged me. Every month of the Jewish calendar has its sign in the zodiac, uh, one of the 12 signs of the zodiac. For the month of Tishra, it is the sign of Libra, the scales. So when you see an eagle over this group of people, over these, a mighty eagle uh, flying in the midst of, uh, well, let me just say it like this. In King James, it says a mighty angel. But if you look, it is an eagle. Uh, the eagle is the sign of the tribe of Dan. That's the banner over Dan. Dan's tribe means whom God has judged. For us as believers... God has already judged us in Christ, and we've been judged to be righteous. So because we are righteous, we, God has not appointed us as believers to wrath. But upon those who had not received their Messiah, and they've not received this salvation that was being revealed in the last time, they were being weighed in the scales of Libra, and they were being weighed in the balance and found wanting, if you will. And uh, But some of the names for... Uh, uh, the Feast of Trumpets was Rosh Hashanah, which means the head of the year or the birthday of the world. It was during this period of time that an old world was passing off the scene and God was giving a new world. He says, as a matter of fact, to the 12 apostles, he said, for those of you who follow me in the regeneration, you will set on 12 tribes judging the 12, you were set on, I'm sorry, you were set on 12 thrones judging the 12 tribes of Israel. The word regeneration there is translated in the Amplified Bible, says those who follow me in the messianic rebirth of the world will set on 12 thrones. These 12 apostles were literally part of that, uh, you know, and what they preached are a part of that government that God was setting up that would reach into the ages to come. It was a messianic rebirth of the world. Another term for it was Yom Tira or Yom Teruah, which means the day of the awakening blast or the feast of trumpets. Uh, I believe that that could be fit with the scripture that says, knowing the time, brethren, that it is high time to awake out of our sleep, for now is our salvation nearer than when we first believe. And the apostles said that towards the end of that 40-year 
period from 30 AD to 70 AD, it's time to wake out of our sleep. So these trumpets again are a sign that it's the time of the season of the awakening blast. It was also called Yom Hayden, which means the day of judgment. So the day of judgment was upon them. It was also termed Hamalik. I'm, I'm probably saying these words wrong, but H-A-M-E-L-E-C-H, it means the coronation of the Messiah. And so it was the day when the Messiah is being coronated. He has received for himself a kingdom. And you could see that fit perfectly with Daniel, where one like a son of man appeared before the Ancient of Days and received a kingdom. That's not something way out in the future. That's something God has already given to the son. Uh, another term for it was the time of Jacob's trouble or the birth pains of the Messiah. This is the period of time when Jesus had told him, don't weep for me, but children, uh, but uh, you know, weep for yourselves, uh, children of, of, of Israel, uh, because there's a season coming. It's going to be a season of Rachel weeping for her children. So a time of trouble was about to come on them in this particular season, literally really from 66 AD uh, to 70 AD. Uh, it was a time of the opening of the gates. God was about to open the gates, uh, open wide the gates of a brand new city, and the gates of that city would never be closed. They were the gates of the New Jerusalem. And that, to me, again, we'll deal with this as we get in further, but the New Jerusalem is not a place. It is a people. It is the bride, the Lamb's wife. It is the tabernacle of God. It is the community of faith. It is the city that Abraham was looking for, for you have not come to Mount Zion, but, or, or, I'm sorry, you have not come, Hebrews 12 says, to Mount Sinai. You've not come to blackness and darkness, but you have come to Mount Zion and to the city of the living God. You're built upon the foundation of the apostles and prophets, Jesus Christ himself being the chief cornerstone. So you've come to the city of God and to the opening wide of the gates. Uh, you've come to uh, this, uh, the word kedushin, uh, is, uh, is another term, K-I-D-D-U-S-H-I-N slash uh, N-E-S-U-I-N, or the day of the wedding ceremony. There's so much here that's just incredible. I just get excited about it because, see, your wedding is way not out in your future. There was a marriage that took place. When in old Jerusalem, interestingly enough, and we're going to get, we're going to touch this from so many ways, and if you don't see it in this program, we're going to continue to unfold this. But the latter part of the book of Revelation, the moment great Babylon, the harlot system, is destroyed, the very next chapter opens by saying, Hallelujah, now has come salvation and the kingdom of our God, and his bride has made herself ready. So in the removing of Babylon, which I will show you, in future segments, is a picture, the mother of harlots that sets on scarlet beast, is this apostate Israel and this city that is being destroyed, that the spirit connects to Babylon, is being removed. And the moment that city is destroyed, God marries, or Jesus, if you will, not God, but Jesus marries this new bride, this new Jerusalem. So there's a wedding, but that wedding's not out in your future. You're already married to him. If you're not married to him, it's illegal to use his name. If you're not already married to him, it's illegal to be intimate with him. But the new covenant is your wedding certificate. Uh, another term for it is the, the resurrection of the dead. That's one of the things that the, the trumpet, another one is called the last trumpet, the trumpet of the shofar. We'll talk about the last trumpet when we get to it, the seventh trumpet. There's also one called Yom Hakesh, which means the hidden day. 
If you want to go back and, you know, for your own sources, some of the places that I have, uh, uh, you know, uh, got some of this information from was from the seven festivals of the Messiah by a guy by the name of Edward Chumney. It's printed by Treasure House Publishing. And if you want to get that book, it's got a whole lot of information about that. Some of the uses for this shofar or ram's horn, these trumpets that are about to sound, um, was uh, number one, the Torah was given to Israel at the sound of the shofar in Exodus chapter 19 and verse 19. Israel conquered in the battle of Jericho with the blast of the shofar in Joshua chapter 6 verse 20. And I put in my notes, and this is powerful, compare this with the desolation or the destruction of Babylon, the harlot city, a type of old Jerusalem was about to pass off the scene, much like the fall of the city of Jericho when the trumpet sounded. Isn't it amazing that in the book of Joshua, a trumpet sounds and a city falls? In the book of Revelation, the trumpet sound and a city falls. In the book of Revelation, when one city falls, God's people take their covenant promise and they enter into the promised land called Jericho. In the new covenant, the promised land is not a place, it's a it's, it, is a, it is rest in the finished work of Jesus Christ, according to Hebrews, the fourth chapter. We enter into the rest of God because that's our promised land. And once we get in Him, uh, then there's an outflow of milk and honey because once you get in Christ, out of that rest begins to flow everything uh, of the life of God that we need. I think that's powerful. Uh, and I've already said to you, Abraham in chapter 11 was looking for a city whose builder and maker was God. But in Hebrews chapter 12, he says, we're not looking for it. We've come to Mount Zion. We've come to that city of the living God. We're the city that Abraham was looking for. Uh, the shofar was blown to signal the assembly of the Israelites during war in Judges chapter 3, verse 27. The shofar was blown number four at the start of the year of Jubilee in Leviticus chapter 25, Verse 29, I could say that again to uh, this really sounding of these trumpets is to the believer, the year of Jubilee, when you are set free from all of your obligations and your debt. Your debt has forgiven. You can go back and take your inheritance. Uh, the ram's horn number five of the shofar is a reminder of Abraham's sacrifice of Isaac and the provision of God's uh, ram as a substitute in Genesis chapter 22, verse number 13, because the ram horn was caught in a thicket. So it's a remember and a reminder of uh, God, you know, uh, the sacrifice of Isaac, which is a great picture of Jesus. Hallelujah. Who is that? I mean, what a picture. Abraham offers his son. God offers his son. Abraham goes up a mountain thinking, you know, he's going to offer his son and then a ram is caught in a thicket. And when, when Abraham's son Isaac says to him, my father, behold the wood and the knife. But where is the ram for a sacrifice? Abraham says, my son, God will provide himself a ram for a sacrifice. And caught in that thicket was a ram caught in a thicket. And God said, that's my provision. God had provided himself a ram for that sacrifice. Amazingly enough, hundreds of years later on that same mountain, Jesus would come and they would jam a crown of thorns upon the head of that true ram, that true sacrifice of God, and it would be like a ram caught in a thicket. God would offer His Son for the redemption of many. Those are all things that happened at the sounding of the shofar. Uh, number six, the shofar was blown to announce the beginning of the festivals. Or it was blown to celebrate the new moon of Rosh Hashanah. The blowing of the shofar uh, in, in number seven, uh, the, one of the seventh, the seventh 
purpose of the blowing of the shofar is a signal for a call to repentance. Uh, the ninth purpose, John was taken up into heaven in the book of Revelation by the sound of a shofar, Revelation 4.1. Seven shofars are sounded when God judges the earth during tribulation, Revelation 8, verse 9. And number 11, the purpose of a shofar was used for the coronation of kings. And you can see that usage in 1 Kings chapter 34, or I'm sorry, 1 Kings 1, uh, 34 and 39, where the sound of a trumpet was to announce a king. Uh, we'll see that when the last trumpet sounds, there is an announcement of a king. Let me just read some more from my notes. I hope I'm not boring you with the notes because it helps me to get this out, at least to document some of the things that we are saying, and you can rewind it, take a look at it again. But I put all of the catastrophes in the book of Revelation coincide with the prophecies that Jesus gave that there will be wars, famines, pestilence, earthquakes, signs in the heavens, darkening of the sun, moon, and stars, falling from heaven. Literally, it is the convulsion of nature. It almost seems as if it is creation in a kind of reverse, a kind of decreation. That is exactly what it is. It is God getting rid of an entire old creation and giving birth to a new creation. The removing of the old creation and the birthing of the new. All of this must be held to the timeline set forth by the Apostle John in chapter 1 of the book of Revelation where it reads, these things are about to shortly come to pass. So it's not way out in the future, but it's stuff that's going to occur then. The statement uh, reoccurs in the same words at the conclusion of the book of Revelation in chapter 22, verse 6. He said, Behold, I am coming quickly. Chapter 1, verse 7, They which pierced him will see him. All the tribes of the earth, all the tribes of the land will mourn. Talking about those people that pierced him. Uh, this is a direct connection to Matthew 24, verse 30, where it says, All the tribes of the land will mourn. Chapter 3, verse 10 said, I will keep you from the hour of temptation which has come upon all the world to try them. Chapter 16, verse number 15 says, Behold, I come as a thief. Second Peter chapter 3, verse 10 says, For the day of the Lord cometh, it's going to come like a thief in the night. First Thessalonians 5, verse 2 says, You yourselves know perfectly that the day of the Lord so comes as a thief in the night. Remember, these chauffeur, chauffeurs were announcing an imminent day of judgment, and it was called many times in the Old Testament, the day of the Lord was called the day of judgment, or this feast was called the day of the Lord. And so it was a coming judgment that was upon them. Uh, it also, uh, these, are direct, these are direct quotes from our Lord's own words in Matthew 24, uh, verse number 42 through 44, where said, He comes like a thief in the night. The time is at hand. They must shortly be done. It is done. Behold, I come quickly. Over and over and over. It is also a fulfillment of God. In Leviticus 26, verse 18, God makes this promise to those who will not receive this new covenant, blood of the Lamb, that if, if you will not hear, this is Leviticus 26, verse number 18, if you will not, if, uh, he talks about if you don't repent and if you don't walk in all of these things, if you will not, for all this hearken unto me, then I will punish you seven times more for your sins. These seven trumpets, seven vows, are the pouring out of those seven punishments that God promised them. And Psalm uh, 98, verse 6, the trumpets of the sound of this foreign shout was as they shouted uh, before their king, uh, was, uh, they would shout joyfully before their king, uh, is a sound of the shout of joyfulness before a king. 
And Psalm 89, verse 15 says, Blessed are the people who know the joyful sound. That is, they understand, the Amplified Bible says, the significance of the sound of the shofar. Hallelujah. That's some pretty good stuff. In the following, uh, I put, uh, you know, here, here, here are, uh, in the following verses, seven priests, these are old covenant references, blew with seven trumpets, announcing the return of the Ark of the Covenant. The Ark of the Covenant was coming up the road. These trumpets in Revelation are also announcing the return of the glory and the real Ark of the Covenant of the Lord, the Lord Jesus Christ. He is coming, hallelujah, on clouds. And we shared with you a little bit. We'll share with it more as we get to the seventh trumpet on that. But in 1 Chronicles 15, it reads like this, And Shebanah, and Jehoshaphat, and Nathaniel, and Amasai, and Zechariah, and Benaiah, and Eliezer the priest did blow with the trumpets before the ark of God. And Obed-Edom and Jeaniah were the doorkeepers for the ark. Uh, there were also the seven priests sound with trumpets also at the restoration of the wall of Jerusalem in the book of Nehemiah. It's highly possible that these trumpets correspond to old Jerusalem being torn down by foreign armies, but a new Jerusalem being restored after the sounding of these trumpets. So one city is falling, another is arising. The thunderings, the lightnings, and the earthquake correspond to Exodus 19 verse number 16 through 18, where it is connecting this to the law that was given on Mount Sinai, now coming to judge the apostates because they did not receive their Redeemer. And here's what it says in that verse. It says, So it came about on the third day, when it was morning, that there were thunder, lightning, flashes, a thick cloud upon the mountain, and a very loud trumpet sound. Now Mount Sinai was all in smoke, because the Lord descended upon it in fire, and the smoke ascended like the smoke of a furnace, and the whole mountain quaked violently. So everything that you see in the book of Revelation, in these trumpets, is literally a fulfillment of God's end of the covenant bargain under the law because they did not receive. See, the reason these catastrophes are not in our future, number one, he says at one place in the, during the, the, the uh, bowls of blood uh, that in them is filled up, they're the last place, in them is filled up the wrath of God. It's not in your future. We're about out of time. Uh, I, you know, the sounding of the trumpet, we've given you so much information in this program, but I trust you've been blessed by it. And just uh, understand that this is more than a fat baby's wing step out on a crowd. It's really an announcement of a judgment that's passed and a new day that has arisen. God bless you. Take a moment to call that number on the screen. Uh, get behind us if you appreciate what we're doing. Help us to take the gospel of the kingdom and the gospel of His grace around the world. You can go to our website and uh, give via credit card that way or call the number on the screen for prayer or to just uh, uh, to encourage us. God bless you. Thank you so much again for joining us this week. For anyone struggling to understand John's writings in Revelation, this book provides true, biblically-based answers. Through detailed insights into the letters John wrote to the seven churches of his day, you will learn how to avoid the mistakes of the early church to overcome today's trials and tribulations. This book will provoke you to thought and dialogue, bringing greater clarity and revelation of Jesus Christ.